0: Hey, everybody, I'm Vera Stewart, and welcome to The Very Vera Show.
1: Welcome to Drop the Disc. Thank you guys for tuning in this week to a very special episode of the Drop the Disc podcast recorded right here back at Augusta Podcast Studio, and we are very excited to be back here today with an Augusta, Georgia culinary legend, Vera Stewart.
0: I had a young person that worked... For me, packaging cakes back in the day, and she went to do an internship in New York City. She's standing in a booth for this company that she worked for, and they said, well, I'm picking up on your accent. You know, where are you from? And she said, Augusta, Georgia. And she said, do you know Very Vera?
1: You may recognize her name from her television show, from her cookbook, from her cook-off with Bobby Flay, or from many other things, but she was originally known for something totally different. She tells us about how she got her start planning dinner parties.
0: People would say all the time, you know, you had the most beautiful dinner parties, you love to cook, you love to set the table, I'd do a party too, if I could do that. And one day I said, well, why don't you just let me do that for you? That's kind of what started the catering business.
1: And how a conversation with her accountant led to one of her biggest and most unexpected passions.
0: An accountant's, you know, suggestion of go broke or create income in the summer that would that would have be a camp. That these children would come and they would come every year until they were too old to come.
1: This is the Vera Vera story on Drop the Disc Podcast recorded at Augusta Podcast Studio. Thank you so much for tuning in. This episode, like every episode, is presented by Nancy Powell at Powell & Associates. Nancy Powell is the number one name that we want you guys to think about when you're thinking about real estate in Augusta. She is trusted personally by Chris and myself. We have both worked with her professionally and can vouch with her for as long as we need to. You have probably seen Nancy Powell. All around Augusta, as she is on Instagram at downtown Augusta Broker, but she's also heavily involved with the Augusta Chamber of Commerce. She's a big supporter of Augusta Young Professionals, and she is just everywhere that she can possibly be supporting businesses and supporting cool things in the city. Thank you so much to Nancy for being the presenting sponsor of this show. And when you, the listener, is looking at real estate, whether you're trying to buy, sell, invest, find a family home... Uh, downsize. We want Nancy Powell to be the first thing you think about. She is Augusta's trusted and most favorite real estate broker. You can get in touch with her on Facebook at Downtown Augusta Broker, as well as Instagram. And you can contact her at 706-717-1281. Hey guys, it's Chris. Hey guys, it's David. And uh, we are Drop the Dis Podcast.
2: We have a very, very sweet And special guest today. Literally, right? Literally. We have Sweets right here. I won't say the name on the box because I would like her to introduce herself. And who are we sitting with?
0: Well, like I said, this is Very (laughs) Vera. And, you know, I'll be walking down the street or going to the mailbox and people will just haul, you know, stop the car and (laughs) wave and say, hey, Very Vera. So my name is is honestly Very Vera.
1: That's awesome. I I, love that. That's got to be kind of surreal, doesn't it?
0: (laughs) You know, and it's and it's like one of those things that I never. My grandmother's nickname was Very Vera. Everything she did was very, and all of her friends <laughs> just decided that her nickname was going to be Very Vera. And she was four eleven and really sharp dresser and the most wonderful hostess and a great neighbor, a great mother, great grandmother, and um that was her nickname. So when I came up with an idea of. Doing a mail order division to my original parent company, I thought very Vera should be the name.
1: So you just kind of referenced that people recognize you. You referenced that you have a company, and we've also referenced that there might be something sweet on the table. What is it that you do?
0: Well, it's it's kind of a. um, I think if people see me, they think I have a cake in the trunk of the car. (laughs)
1: So
0: if there's one thing that's stuck, that's Kept the sweetness going. It is the fact that I'm noted for our desserts, which hopefully you'll get to taste in a little bit and enjoy. But um, the business actually started as a cottage industry um, back in 1984, after having left the classroom as a home economics teacher. And you two guys could have been in one of my bachelor living classes when you were in high school. Oh man, what high school? You would have learned. Well, I was in at pebble brook high school outside of smyrna marietta area right out of the university of georgia and then i was in madison georgia for two years okay and um you would come to bachelor living and you know they all wanted to come because they thought they were going to get to eat a bunch of good food but right. they, they had to learn how to hem a pair of pants how to <laughs> sew a button on how to tie a necktie you know how to open the door and um you know table manners that kind of thing and It's crazy for years and years after that, I would hear from, you know, young men that had taken my class that would say, you know, I ended up joining the military and it was so helpful to me that you had taught me those things. Especially the button
1: part, sewing the button. (laughs) Sewing the button on. (laughs) That was a problem for me, actually. Direct
0: handshake, look me straight in the eye, that kind of thing. Mm. They loved it.
2: So, So one thing we haven't mentioned is, uh, your son is Daniel Stewart of Where Stewart. That's correct. And uh, I didn't put those together until he mentioned <laughs> it to me a while ago.
0: You didn't notice the blue eyes. I and now the fire. notice. I now the, the fire. fire.
2: The fire. I can see that. But now I notice the blue eyes. I see where he gets it.
0: Uh.
1: <laughs> and before we get too much into that, let's take this all the way back and let's start with our first question, which is, Did you grow up in Augusta?
0: I did not. Okay. I have been here um, since 1984, but I grew up in Macon, Georgia. Okay, so the center of the state, you know, very very similar to the to the Augusta area, absolutely. And um, you know, on a on a uh, dead end street that you knew all your neighbors, <laughs> and you walked to school, and you know, you kept in touch with your teachers. And honestly, one of the things that I say in my cookbook is. You know, teachers have really been my strongest mentors. My mother was one. Um, My third grade teacher was a a really strong influence in my life. But my high school homeroom teacher my senior year was the home ec teacher Mm. at the high school. And I found myself getting to school early because I was so interested and what she was doing in those little depart- little cubicles that were like little kitchenettes. <laughs> and she would line up the groceries and what they were going to do. And if you were on the college track, you did not take home economics. And towards the end of the school year, she, you know, wanted to know what my plans were. And I wanted to go to the University of Georgia so badly. And she said, well, you know, they have a wonderful home economics program there. You should, that's what you should do. And it is it has carried me my entire life. That influence if I had not had her for my homeroom teacher I would have not had that experience she would have not influenced me as a person as a mentor you know it's just I think about it all the time and and I I pointed to her and her influence in my cookbook Catherine Dupree was her name
2: excellent so I was you, I'm guessing you went to University of Georgia? I did. And I'm guessing you
1: majored in home ec? I did. <laughs> okay, that home was a guess. economics
0: education. <laughs>
1: That's so you incredible. wanted to follow in her footsteps.
0: I did, and, you know, um, I guess maybe 20 or more years ago, they changed the name of the college to family and consumer science. And it was like I went from having a home ec degree which sounds like nothing <laughs> no, have to a almost degree. like a si- you know like yeah. an astronaut in the kitchen. <laughs> you know, I thought this is amazing. <laughs> I want to go white out my degree and make it look a little bit stronger.
1: I feel the same way. <laughs> so you graduated. I did. What y- What year did you graduate? I you graduated in '74. And that's from University of Georgia. Mm-hmm. I did. Congratulations for making it there!
0: (laughs) I know. back then you just got in your little red Volkswagen and (laughs) you know drove up to Athens and you just showed up. They they just let you. Needless to say, that's changed a lot.
1: (laughs) So when you left school, you wanted to be a teacher. Is that what you did immediately? That's what
0: I did immediately, and I was single. And um, I was—I actually finished the University of Georgia in three years. I went every semester. Every uh, back then it was quarters and i really? finished in 3 years so i was 21 and my seniors were 17 and 18 years old because i was a high school teacher <laughs> and you know i'm what 5 foot 2 and um kind of spunky and you're very it, it, i'm you're very and very. <laughs> they wanted to take home ec you know some of the girls that were on that same track that i was on figured out a way to to make home ec an elective and and it would count because they were smart enough to have their core classes mm-hmm. to go to college done, so I I really made friends with a a lot of great young people, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a few minutes. Other aspects of my career, but that's that's been a, a pivotal point of my career.
1: Okay, and that's like the influence that you felt like you were able to have. Mm-hmm. So, y- how long did you teach for?
0: Just the four years. Just the four years. And um, then I had my first child, John. And he, um, I just wanted to stay at home, but I missed that little, you know. This this check is being deposited into my account. Nice, <laughs> you know that. that little bit of money that <laughs> I can go do with what I want. And um, I just people would say all the time, you know, you have the most beautiful dinner parties. You love to cook. You love to set the table. I'd do a party too if I could do that. And one day I said, well, why don't you just let me do that for you? I really like to do that. And that's that's kind of what started the catering business.
1: So that's how it clicked. When you were doing these dinner parties, I just want to take this back for a second. what was what re, give us paint us a picture of these these pre you know, <laughs> pre-company dinner parties you were having?
0: Um, the In Madison, Georgia, your guest at a dinner party could be people that were old enough. You would invite the people across the street, and they were like, your grandparents' age. Okay. Then you invite you know, the late the the legislator that lived two blocks up the street that was your parents age and then when you invite a few of your own age group friends. And so you had to make sure you did everything right for the grandparent age. So you were like
1: twenty two.
0: Yes. I mean I was less than twenty five <laughs> years old and, you know, I'm pulling out the Waterford Crystal and the Sterling Silver and I'm cooking a hamburger on the grill. <laughs> but, you know, you made it look really elegant and go out in the backyard I might have had a few things blooming but I I we rented a house that had beautiful shrubbery so I learned how to you could put some of those in a dish and it would look attractive and you know it was just using some of that creativity I think to to make something look very unique and special but I didn't have the allowance to do it <laughs> over the top I right. wasn't serving Beef, tenderloin, or shrimp.
1: Right. And, and where was this at this time?
0: In Madison, Georgia. Madison, Georgia. Mm-hmm.
1: And these were just totally for fun. F- just for fun. You're 22 years old. You're like, I need to be networking with the state legislator a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> we got to rub <laughs> elbows do do with that? this guy.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> That's excellent. So you did that for four years. Mm-hmm. And then you stopped teaching. You had your first son. And the spark comes back. The catering company comes back. Take us through that process.
0: You know, in this answer, um, I'm so glad we're talking about this today because making some of this relative to what is going on right now, you know, people would say, you know, I heard you make really great pound cakes. You know, could I get a pound cake? Well, when you think about it, staples in your house would be butter, sugar, flour. Um, you would have milk.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Everything that you needed to make that is generally in my house. It wasn't like I had to make a quick trip to the grocery store. And at the time, I would sell that pound cake for $10. And people would say, well, you could not possibly be making any money. And that was not the point to me. The point to me was I had a bigger vision of where this could potentially go. If that pound cake got to their house, then they taste what my food tastes like. And you you don't value your time because you love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it, it just kept evolving from there. You know, just the next idea of maybe instead of just doing a pound cake, why don't you, in the month of October, celebrate everything that reminds you of fall. Make six oatmeal cookies. Do a loaf of pumpkin bread you know, do something with devil's food, She's making me dip hungry. something in chocolate, and then decorate an inexpensive basket to make it look like Halloween that you could put your trick or treat candy in and sell that for maybe $15. Right. And now you've kind of given yourself some variety. and And that's really how I attracted people to my catering business. It was my calling card. It sounds
1: like you started your business by just doing the things you wanted to do anyways and finding people that wanted those things.
0: I mean, it's absolutely the way it happened. And, you know, that basket business, at, by this time we had moved to Cartersville, Georgia.
1: And is that what it was? It was mostly baskets? It was baskets. Okay.
0: Mostly baskets. Every what was now the business day. called? It was called Very Vera.
1: So from the beginning. From the beginning, wow. it was Very Vera. When did Very Vera, when was the, that first said? Uh, regarding you,
0: um, it was in Augusta. It was 1984, but in Cartersville, it was
1: 1980.
0: Okay. Um, and so there was a, a, again the same sort of thing. You're going to invite, you know, the the leading businessman in the community. Well, I'm going to have him to dinner, and then I need to get to know these people, and I'll invite mm-hmm. them too. And everybody always said yes, even if I didn't know him very well. And um, the next thing you know, there's a local guy from Carsville running for governor, (laughs) Joe Frank Harris. And I'm catering all the political parties for him. And then he gets to choose his vendors for inauguration. And they did like a luncheon for all the lady volunteers at the, the governor's mansion in Atlanta. And I was the caterer. And it literally put me on the map. I was, I was a complete wreck. <laughs> I thought, I have no clue. First of all, just driving to Atlanta from Cartersville <laughs> and going down West Paces Ferry Road and making sure I was there on time, kind of like today <laughs> when I parked two blocks away. And you away were early and, today. And I was early because you can't be late if you're the caterer. That's
1: correct. You can't be late yep. to
0: the meeting to talk about it, to the site inspection. And, um, yeah, so that was... that inaugural luncheon for a group of women and you know, they're the worst critics. (laughs) Don't tell anybody.
2: (laughs) I love that. And we, okay. So you're doing this large luncheon, um, is it just you, or do you have a do you have caterers to work with you, or chefs, no, it was, or it
0: was just me, just and then you. I had I had you know some servers and right. people that I brought with me okay. from Cartersville to help me that day. That's awesome. And it sounds
1: like you kind of weren't in the basket business anymore no. by this point. <laughs> well, I was a
0: basket case, <laughs> but um, I moved right along, and so then I really started doing the you know the dinner parties mm-hmm. and the wedding receptions. Um, and then it was time to pick up and move to Augusta, Georgia.
2: So, go ahead. Where you when you moved to Augusta? What what brought you to Augusta, Georgia?
0: Um, my husband was relocated um, to Augusta, and was it a
1: military? Know, was it a business? No, he was
0: actually in the banking business. Okay, so we moved here for that. And um, when we got here, it's just you know right off the bat, you want to meet your neighbors and get to know those people and. Instead of them bringing me a pie, I brought them a pie. I'm your new neighbor, <laughs> you know, and um, so you do it that way. You you find a good church home, and we did that, and you get involved with the activities of your little ones, and they were two and four at the time. So
1: you had your second son.
0: Mm-hmm. Which and son was that? That was Daniel. That was Daniel, who we know quite well. Right, and, um, you know, I had to do a lot of my cooking when Daniel was taking his nap because <laughs> otherwise... I didn't know where he was, what he might be doing, and um, so I got a lot accomplished before he woke up in the morning while he was taking his nap, and of course, after they went to bed at night.
1: So at this point, the the business, it seems like it was less of like a fun thing for you to do in your free time. Now we're kind of more into a business. Right. Right. but we're not quite at the storefront yet. We're not quite no. at the TV production. We're not at the cookbooks yet. We have a long way to go. <laughs> so this catering, it, turning a catering company into a storefront is not an easy thing to do. One, what made you think that was a good idea? Because th- that is tough. And then two, how did it happen?
0: Well, one thing that makes it a good I- idea is because you can't legally do it at your <laughs> home. <laughs> And so rather than have my children grow up visiting (laughs) me in jail, I thought, well, I'll get legitimate. Okay. And um, at the time, I mean, just making that giant leap. I mean, now, you know, you have no overhead. You know, none of that is in play. And if the phones, if if somebody's not getting married or doing a grand opening, you know, I'm not a walk-in business. You know, where is the income coming from? And so right about the time that I realized any minute I was going to get that knock on Health the door, department. yeah, <laughs> handcuffs, <laughs> dragged to jail. Um, that I thought, you know, this would be. I need a small place. I don't need anything big because I was already doing it out of my home kitchen. Right. And there was a place being built behind Applebee's on Washington Road called, called Augusta Business Center, and the concept was five hundred square foot units, and. Super the, small. Super small. The price was right. And this is right by like that car dealership, that
1: old bowling yes, alley. Okay, yes, gotcha.
0: Right there.
1: You are no longer there. Is that correct? No. Okay. But
0: I want you to know that, well, one of the original, <clears throat> there were three of us that were the first three people that bit. It was Charlie Williams Auto Glass, and he is still there.
1: Wow. Shout out. And
0: then Kathy's Specialties. And she was there for a long, long time, and then she moved out to a bigger location on Washington Road. Okay, and then I was there, and then I I outgrew the space and moved across the street behind Piccadilly. Mm-hmm.
1: She outgrew it. She out, right. yeah, I outgrew it. Yeah, that's incredible. So,
0: how long did that take? Um, we opened that. We moved into that space in 1985. Okay, and then we moved out of that space in 1993.
1: Okay, so you were in that space for a while. Yeah, for eight, I was. What, eight years. Mm-hmm. Was that a space where people could walk in,
0: sit no. down? Oh, no, no, okay. no. It was just for me to cater. And, okay. and again, it was important to me to be able to play both roles. I mean, this was before the work from home scenario. I mean, y'all, there was no typewriter. then. <laughs> I mean, there was no computer. There was no 800 number, you know, none of the above. And so I could leave that location in five minutes, and I could be in my driveway when the school bus drove up with my children. And so I could have been talking to the president, and I was going to hang up in his face, and I was going to be where I was supposed to be for them to get off of that bus. Right. Um, You know, so it was manageable for me. And, you know, there wasn't... I could manage that overhead. Um, I I did go to what was then Nations Bank, and I had a Sunday school friend that was in charge of... He was oversaw everything at the bank, and I said, I need to borrow some money because I needed to get a walk-in cooler and a double-stack convection oven. And he said, well, how much do you need? And I, I, was, I was shaking. I was so nervous to tell him that I needed a whopping $12,000. I mean, I thought that was like the biggest amount of money I'd ever heard. That's not nothing. And I made him a promise that I was going to pay it back in a year. No new outfit, no, no, nothing, and that loan was paid off in one year. Wow! And he still reminds me that I gave him that he gave me my start. You there know, you go, he's, <laughs> Rhett Walker. If you're listening in Macon, Georgia, you're you're completely <laughs> responsible for all of this. <laughs> but um, yeah, that would that was, and you know, back in the in the late '80s. I mean, women were not taken seriously. I mean, this is a great idea. I'll do this for a few years, and then I'll stop.
1: So at this time, did you know any other women that were starting businesses like you?
0: I mean, Ann Taylor was in the car business. I mean, she was, I mean, pretty much business-wise, that was about it. I mean, there were plenty of women, very successful women in town that were you know, leading organizations. Mm-hmm. You know, like the um, you know the the American Heart Association and um, Shepherd Blood Center like and nonprofit b- leadership, right, right? That were d- that were doing that sort of thing. But business women that owned their own business, and certainly I couldn't compare myself to what Ann Taylor was doing at the time. But at um, the time,
1: at the time, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, you know, she she was a, a, a very well thought of business person in our community in the in the 80s and and beyond
1: oh growing up i saw enough of her commercials Mm -hmm. to probably have one (laughs) memorized in the back of my mind right now
0: probably (laughs) yeah
1: so we're talking about you growing out of that space you grow out of this this 500 square foot space and you move behind the old piccadilly which is no longer even open now what happened next
0: well we moved out of um piccadilly and that's when I had developed the niche of recognizing the phone's not ringing. There's there's no there's no wedding on my calendar for the month mm-hmm. of June. How am I going to pay the June bills? So I had to come up with something that I could do to make the overhead even if there wasn't an event. And I did not want to be in the restaurant business. I didn't want to have to have particular hours. So I came up with the idea quite frankly, from okay. catering a wake. And wow. in Augusta, Georgia and in the South, that, oh, that, yeah. is, that is unheard of. I mean, you're, you're, somebody's bringing the chicken, somebody's mm-hmm. bringing a caramel cake, got a ham coming, potato salad. For, for that to be catered means where are all the neighbors and friends that usually bring that? Mm-hmm. And it actually made me kind of sad. But these were folks that had transplanted themselves here and they really didn't know a lot of people. And he called on me to, to cater this. And during that occasion, I thought, I could put my that that pound cake, the original thing, I could put that in a can, and I could ship that. And that could be the business. So the summer of 1993, I sent cakes to everybody I knew. Wow. With a checklist. You
1: said, hey, did you want arri- another one, you did, know who to call.
0: Did this arrive in good condition? Is it broken? Did it? Did it mold in the can? You know, what? Tell me about it. Describe these cans.
1: You're telling me you put a cake in a can. I'm like picturing a, a shrunk down. Okay. You know, like
0: a, a cookie tin.
2: I'm thinking the green bean cans that you <laughs> pop open. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking of, <laughs> like a
1: super compressed cake. It just jumped. No,
0: it was just a tin, you know, a tin like you probably get from mail-order companies with cookies and For that sure. right. thing in it. Right. Um, and so I experimented with it, and by 1993— I'd already been in the catering business in Augusta since 1984. Right. I'd already catered several golf tournament, you know, guests and that sort of thing from the masters. So I, I had a mailing list. Yeah. I had a list of people that legitimately I worked with that were from out of, out of Augusta, out of state, all over the place. So my first mailer went out in September of 1993 Three. And it was a piece of white paper folded in thirds with green ink, and it listed the cakes oh, that I made.
1: Very nice. Wow. Let's take this opportunity. Let's, let's do that photo shoot real quick with Heather, because okay. Heather's in the house right now. Yes, thank you, Heather. We'll be you, right Heather. back. By the way, let's do the shout out to Heather Parody real quick for being here taking some pictures. Yes. And while we're talking about shout outs, let's take a quick break and shout out Savannah River Brewery. We'll be right back. David,
2: yesterday I went to the brewery, and they have so many beers on draft. It is crazy, and all of it is incredible. They always have a flight of beer that is brand new every couple weeks. They always have yoga classes Saturday morning, and they always have that 5K run. Guys, if you need to get excited about something, you need to get excited about Savannah River Brewery and what they're doing for Augusta, putting craft beer on the map for our city. Savannah River Brewery.
1: You were just telling us about moving into this space behind Piccadilly, and you had just sent out a mailing list to everybody that you had really done business with. Like, hey, not only am I doing catering, but now we're also shipping food. And so what kind of response did you get from
0: that? Oh, it was just, it it was truly remarkable. I was so excited, and we had all of our specifications to get these cakes in the cans, you know, went really well. We had layer cakes, but we were only doing those locally. So it was just the pound cakes, but I had seven different flavors, and you could choose from one of those. Seven 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 different different pound cake flavors? Oh, that was just delicious.
2: I need to try one of those flavors.
0: (laughs) Um, And each child had a different flavor that they loved the most. And so that – that just kind of kept soaring. And Again, keep in mind that this is 1993, mm-hmm. and the Internet didn't happen until 1996.
2: Did you know of other places mail-ordering pound cakes? There were
0: other companies, because I had ordered from anybody that did it as part of my testing and analysis of this learn how they did model. It. And there is a difference between a pound cake and just a cake. Even if it's baked in a bunt pan.
1: Like legally?
0: No. Okay. <laughs> but recipe recipe. Gotcha, gotcha. Wise, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if it doesn't weigh seven pounds in a twelve cup bunt pan, then it's not a pound cake.
2: Well, that it's makes just, sense. It's gotcha. just a
0: very light cake that looks like a bunt. Oh. And um, so we really kind of started seeing the the evidence of you know, the grandmothers of the world who were the greatest, you know, judges of the an experts. authentic, completely. Um, <laughs> they knew that they had eaten, they made from scratch pound cake. And so that really, really helped us. So by 1995, the fall of 1995, okay. and it was, you get a cake and you send it to your aunt that lives in Kansas City. Now she's going to send it to her brother that lives in California and that's how it started growing. Well, somebody at Southern Living Magazine that worked there received a pound cake from Very Vera in the, in the mail from her friend. Well, she took it to work and took it to the break room. Well, here's the can with the lid that says Very Vera. Well, The next thing you know, I get a call, and they want to write about my cakes. And, uh, I mean, and at, at that point, they said, you need to come to Birmingham for the photo shoot. So I had to bake a bunch of different things and head to Birmingham and and get this together. And um, that issue came out. It was a two-thirds page color article with a gorgeous photo of a lot of our different products. And within 10 days of that magazine, which was the November issue, so it was holiday, Mm, things that you would bake during the holidays. Perfect timing. Within the first ten days, we had made a sale in every state. Wow that Holy was when mommy. your telephone had a little disk in it <laughs> for your answer machine and our phone the, we were taking turns like you had to take a shift we had twenty five regular employees that were there, and you had to take sign up for a turn when you were going to go test and get the the Voicemail off the answer machine, mm-hmm. or it would be full and we would lose a sale. And I wasn't about to let that happen.
1: <laughs> so, at that point, how many people did you have working for we, you?
0: We had 25. Wow. And <clears throat> I mean, we were just baking around the clock. And then the holidays were coming. And, you know, then companies, you know, wanted to send 100 cakes to their mailing list. And, you know, and we that's were, how
1: it really blows we, up.
0: We were ready. And I mean, it just went great. Well, then by 1996, then we, the here comes the internet. And there were two guys in Augusta that had, one of them, both of them were originally from here, but they had spent a lot of time in California. They came back to Augusta and were looking for things that would kind of fill the void of what they had been doing in California. Gotcha. And they approached me because I had a mail order company and said, would you let us do, build a website for you? I didn't know what a website was. And um, so we really, we had like the first website in Augusta. I mean, we, we were within six months of the creation of the internet
1: with That's our insane. website.
0: That's insane. And, um, you know, just when you look back, when I think about it, you know, wh- I was writing little newsletters <laughs> and, you know, talking about why you'd use this particular chocolate and a recipe. And, you know, that might have been one of the original food blogs. Wow. Um, you know, because it just it was it was all so new.
1: So were people finding you on the internet at this point? I mean, you guys were like the only website in in Augusta for, or at least one of the first for a while. How were people finding you?
0: It, it was still word of mouth. It was still word and of we mouth. We were we would gr- we grew the catalog every year, so we went right. away from the white paper folded in thirds, and we did like one color picture, and it was folded in half, and then we started having pages. And we started having categories of you know everything <laughs> chocolate and then we added the layer cakes to the to the lineup because i i was able to, to successfully develop a packaging for those
1: and all of this was mail
2: order all of this was mail order wow that's way before hello fresh right
0: <laughs> oh, oh absolutely
1: <laughs> so at this point and and i if you don't want to talk about money i totally understand what was the business bringing in at this point? You're in, you're a national company, and you're mail ordering. You have one of the first websites in Augusta. I mean, this must be a big business.
0: Well, and and it was a big business. Um, you know, we we always I've I've always loved giving statistics of okay. the number of cakes that we sold. Okay, you know, so the the very first, the biggest. In 1993, in the Christmas of 1993, which was our first Christmas to Metal case, Cakes, the biggest right. shipping day that we had was 53 cakes. And I had both of the UPS men stand for the picture <laughs> in, in front of the boxes. And we wow. just thought, well, you know, this is going to be fabulous. Um, so then, the, you know, then it got to the point where it was 600 cakes a day. Then <sighs> in the peak of the holidays, it could be 1,000 wow. a day. So then you had to back up. At what point can we successfully bake these products, right. fast freeze them, and ship them out so mm-hmm. we could start stockpiling our inventory? And um, we went from having one walk-in freezer to six walk-in freezers to having a freezer that was the size of two, you know, cargo units on a freight train that was parked on the side of the building.
1: Goodness, and
0: um. You know, through the years between what happens to us during the Masters and what would happen to us during the Christmas holidays, I can basically tell you what the weather was like Mm -hmm. (laughs) at any given time during any of those periods in any year. Um, You know, you would think that you wouldn't have to worry about whether a cake was going to thaw out if you were shipping in December. Well, what about the days in December that it was 90 degrees one year? True. True. And I had to order the styrofoam <clears throat> coolers, and I had to pay overnight shipping to get them. And I had to get dry ice, you know. So you can't charge the customer for that, right? Mm-hmm. So you you develop these lessons, and you you go back and you study the, you know, the what happened the year before, and you set your goals, and you you make friends with the vendors, and they'll they'll bail you out at the last minute, you know that. And to be right. honest with you, that's what has interested me as much as anything else
2: so at at the you mentioned you moved from one walk-in cooler to six i'm assuming that happened at the new location
0: that happened at the new well we left that location in 97 and okay um, so you're there
1: for four years yes okay
0: and so um augusta um listeners will remember when bob's tropical fish yes <laughs> yes and the you finished furniture place was in that little yes. strip right. center. Well, Frank Wilson, who had a rental company here, and I did business with him in my catering business, he owned that property. So those were his, shake hands, you can can lease this space. That was the situation. Right. And he owned the little strip directly behind it. And then Augusta Business Center was built on the property behind that. Got it. So I heard that he was going to develop the second row of that strip center. So I met with him one day and said, would you consider building something that would be big enough for me to do everything I do?
1: So what size is that?
0: That was 8,200 square feet. (laughs) Wow. Went
2: went from 500 to (laughs) 8,200. That's incredible.
1: (laughs) What is that? 16 times bigger?
0: Well, we went from 500 at Augusta Business Center to 3,750. So that's six times bigger. That's seven times bigger. And then we went to the Eighty five hundred.
1: My goodness. Um. So, at at what point? Because I know this happened. At what point during this process did you sit there and look at yourself and say, "I'm actually, I don't think I'm a baker anymore. I think I'm a, you know, I think I'm a CEO."
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know because I still haven't happened. Oh, brother. Um. You know, and it's, some, some things sound so glamorous. Right. You know. It, it does sound very it, glamorous. It's, it's so glamorous. You you um, you um get the Neiman Marcus, and I know there'll be listeners that remember, the Neiman Marcus catalog was the one catalog that was like a department store, but it had a food section right. in the catalog. So you're looking at the hams and the cheeses and the pretty pedophores and things like that. And I thought my cakes look just as good <laughs> as those things. And, you know, so I, I started sending Neiman Marcus stuff. And I just got nowhere. And I knew my stuff was good. And um, so then, the I think the following year, Sachs Fifth Avenue decided they were going to do a similar catalog. And they reached out to me. Easy. So three products of mine got in sacks. Well, the very next year, Neiman Marcus mm, took I bet, yeah. our products. So then you start building this list of vendors. Um, and so then HSN called and wanted us to start selling on HSN. And then Costco called and wanted our products to be sold at Costco. And again,
1: were they sold at Costco? Mm-hmm. Wow. they were
0: sold on Costco online, okay, so you know we had several products that were part of Costco online. Well, then I thought, well, you know that would be that would be an amazing thing to be able to to keep doing this. And like I said, you you work with them and then they decide to change the size of the space, how much space you've got and you've got to redo your packaging. and all of those costs fall fall back on you Mm -hmm. but one day one of my folks that answered the phone in packaging got a call on a friday afternoon um and the guy said he was the buyer for the southeast division of frozen foods at costco and that they wanted some samples and listed off the things that they wanted and um and i said well you know i'm sure vera will want to talk to oh that's not necessary you just you know we'd like to get these on monday and so that person brought the order to me. And I said, well, I'm calling, the, I'm calling them back. I mean, this is crazy. Yeah. And so I, I called the number, and it goes, nee, nee, nee.
1: you know, like it's just, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Giving,
0: Of course, the employee's looking at me like they're going to get their head cut off because I wrote the number down wrong. But it was, <laughs> it was a completely bogus call.
2: Wow. The
0: guy knew everything right to say, knew exactly what was on, on my, in my catalog, and so we didn't, we didn't ship, and I wrote, uh, you know, we typed a letter to the, to the buyer at Costco for the Southeast, and I just said, you know, you should just be aware that this happened. When he got that letter, he called me and thanked me for writing the letter. It was very cordial, and at the end he said, you know, while I've got you on the phone, you know, what is it that you actually do? <laughs> and I told him, he said, well, would you like to make a presentation? So I drove to Atlanta to their headquarters, took all of my catering props and everything else, laid out this beautiful spread in their conference room, and um, they were prepared to give me purchase orders. Well, the the buyer, the actual buyer, just wasn't going to let it be that easy for me. And he said, "You'll get the order if you go do four road shows, and we've all been to those road shows at Costco mm-hmm. when they've got the little thing set up and get the free samples. <laughs> right. um, but because I did food, that meant I had to put on a white hair net and stand there with that apron on. I mean, no dangly earrings like I've got on right now. Yeah. And he just knew I wasn't going to do it, And I had to sell like 5,000 units between those." for shows to get the purchase order well i was almost there and i was at the last road show on the last day and this man walks up to the table and i said sir would you like to try my chicken (laughs) and wild rice and he went no well, I came running around from behind that table, and my other staff members were watching me. And I, I pretty much grabbed his shirt, and I said, sir, you are trying my chicken and wild rice. <laughs> and he said, okay, okay, you know, and I'll take one of everything you've got. And then he walked around the store and told everybody, and we made the quota, and we got the 10,000-unit order for three products to go in Costco.
1: So what were those products?
0: Chicken and wild rice. Shrimp and crawfish and Ooh. bourbon pecan bread pudding. Wow. How long were those in Costco? Oh years, like five years until I closed retail.
1: So when was when was this? The last time we, we got a year it was about it was ninety seven and mm-hmm. you were changing and the, uh, you were changing locations and then you said you started to get calls around ninety eight, ninety nine. So would this be like 2000, 2001?
0: No, this was, the, the Costco in the retail was probably 2006. 2006, mm-hmm. okay. Yes.
1: So at this point, had you started any of the other things yet? Had you started the cookbook? Had you started? No, I
0: did not start the cookbook until I decided to close retail.
1: Okay, and is the show the same way?
0: No, the show, we were on Throwdown with Bobby Flay and. 2010.
1: All right. I'm, I'm going to pause you. I'm going to ask you to back that up for <laughs> back, a little bit because we've got to hear the back. story. Of that. We'll be right back with that story. But first, I want to talk to you about our friends at the Clubhouse. They are a local startup assisting company that is a workspace and way more. They have education for people that want to learn about cyber skills, including coding. They have business resources like 3D printers, uh, as well as desks and office space. And they are launching a national program called Make Startups to help startup companies build themselves up. They are also launching that program right here in Augusta. So if any of you think that this might be the time to start a business, I would highly recommend checking out the clubhouse at theclubhouse.se and check out Make Startups at makestartups.com. So it's 2006. You leave Costco. You have your purchase order. And then I, I assume you continued to do this retail business for a few right. years. And, oh,
0: yeah. And retail, we we added a gourmet to go line. We were selling, you know, all of the the casseroles and things mm-hmm. like that um, in our mail order line, which we had not previously done. Okay. And um, so we, uh, I would send demos to the Food Network, you know, like I'd do <laughs> some quick little demo and send it. So in the summer. What t- was
1: the reason for that?
0: Just hoping that I might get picked up as a guest or okay. something, okay. just more exposure to the right. brand. Okay. Um, and so the, in the summer of uh, 20, 2009, got it. I got a call from what was supposedly the cooking channel, which was launching that fall. And they wanted to know if I would consider myself an expert on carrot cake.
2: And you said yes.
0: Well, I would have said yes no matter what the question. was. <laughs> I figured because I would have learned right. how to be an expert. How long do I have? Yep, yeah, that's yeah, enough time. I can do it. And so you—you you honestly do not know. And so, but you right. know, you're on a show, and you get to invite a hundred friends, and they have to sign confidentiality. And right. it was at Savannah Rapids Pavilion, and everything's all lined up, and they came and filmed my—you know—my operation the day before that, and got some really great B-roll. So that day, you know, I'm kind of looking at this audience, and I know I'm I'm being filmed, but I've kind of blurred the vision. You know, it's like I don't want to, like, look at both of you who are right. both very handsome. You're kind of zoned out. I can out. look at you very easily. Well, thank you. But <laughs> I thought, I, I just don't want to zoom in on any one person. Mm-hmm. Well, about this time, somebody starts, you know, pointing, like pointing at the sky. And there stands Bobby Flay. Oh, man. And I thought, holy mackerel. (laughs) I am on Throwdown with Bobby Flay. I mean, I knew it immediately. I just screamed. And I thought, okay, I don't have to wait for somebody to come to Augusta. They can order my cakes the minute the show is over. Right. 1-800-500-VERA. Love that. And that was it. So I, I beat him. And the local TV
1: you t- beat him in a, in a, a carrot throw, cake
0: in a carrot cake throwdown.
1: Wow. how is that how, so how, and how does that go? Are they like Tell us about this experience. This is a really cool experience.
0: <laughs> oh, it really is. I mean he <laughs> he like gets to develop his recipe, and okay. i'm I'm actually preparing my recipe that mm-hmm. is our cake, and carrot cake is a very southern recipe. Definitely. So when you start putting marshmallows in the icing <laughs> and ginger in the spice, <laughs> then you're going to taste marshmallow and ginger and not right. the carrots and the nuts and mm. the cinnamon and the nutmeg that with the cream cheese icing. Stop it. I know it's killing you.
2: <laughs> it's killing me.
0: Um and so that you know that was that was awesome, but they invited, you know, the the local television stations to be guests during this filming. Um, exercise and Bill Stewart who at the time was the general manager of the NBC ABC affiliate here in Augusta um, called and asked me to come to a meeting and he said we're going to give you a show we're we're getting we're getting ready to build a building and we're no questions we're putting you in the show he said we'll we'll let you film six episodes and we'll just show them in reruns And I knew I was going to film more than six episodes. Right. And so, I mean, my wheels were turning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he said, if you work really hard, you'll get syndicated in five years. And so we got syndicated at the end of three. Wow.
1: So for people that aren't familiar, what is syndication? What did that have to do with your TV show? Where did you get syndicated?
0: Um, Syndication means that... Another market will pick up your show. And we're a bartered show. Okay. So in that scenario, the the Columbus, Georgia, CBS affiliate wanted our show. Okay. So they get to have eight of the commercials that run during that show, and I get to have four. So that's where they make their money. If The show does well. The show d- has good ratings. Then they get... The proceeds from whatever they can sell right. that those commercial time slots for,
1: and then they pay you to be able to show your show. Yes,
0: so that's how we that's how we make income from that.
1: So where did you get syndicated at that time?
0: So the first two locations for that first at the end of the three years was WSAV in Savannah kay. and WRBL in Columbus. Okay, um, we then had seven was the next jump for the next season four. And then it went to ten, and then it went to thirteen, and then the next year it went to twenty, and we're ending season nine in May with thirty markets.
2: Wow!
1: And that's this year. That's this that's year.
0: We will. We we currently air in thirty metropolitan markets.
2: And when you say a season, how many shows are a season?
0: Twenty six shows make a season. That's so we a lot start. Of work. We start in September, and we do we. Certain times of the year we don't film, like we Mm -hmm. don't film around the Masters Golf Tournament. We kind of try to take the month of December off. Um, And in the summer we don't film, and we show re-shows in the the summer. So the the show airs every weekend, wherever it's located, 52 weeks out of the year. But it may not be a show that we just produced.
1: It may not be quote-unquote live. Exactly. Got it. So take us through this. One... You're doing this TV show, that is work. What work is going into this for you? And then two is the other parts of the business, are they still running at this time? Well, you the, said you mentioned you closed retail. Right. We I closed retail um And what does that mean for you guys? Did that mean like selling to Costco, for example?
0: Yeah, we we did our last purchase order. You know, you get to a pivotal point and hopefully um for those that can't see that you know my <laughs> hair is gray getting closer to white um, you know that, that you're going to get you're going to begin to get those questions what is your exit strategy mm-hmm. and you know um, my my children are not taking over you know this business and exit strategy just was not in my vocabulary as is tired is not or not working is not <laughs> um and so it, it really made me think I've got to have a great answer for this. Mm-hmm. And so you you begin to analyze what you have, what you want, what you're looking to do, and retail was getting more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, the, the cost of producing a quality product and keeping the cost in line, keeping the packaging unique, um, that sort of thing, It you're just – your your profit margins – Get lower and lower,
1: right? And you said retail, but really you were selling wholesale, right? right? So you were well. I was up selling both. I okay. was selling
0: both. I mean, you could order from our catalog or our website. And it was retail. Um, okay. So th- certainly, um, but just looking at how much I was enjoying doing the show, right? And I'd also created a camp that I do locally for children to kind of take up some of the slack in the summer when there wasn't a big wedding or there wasn't a holiday where you'd be sending a cake or casserole. Um, That kind of took me back to my roots as a home economics teacher. Do you want to talk about the camp real quick? I do. I love
1: it. What's it called?
0: It's called the Very Vera Cooking Camp. And when did it start? It started in 2004. Okay. This summer it'll be 18 years old. Wow. Happy birthday.
1: Thanks.
0: (laughs) And it is my, it is my heart. Um, It is, it, it, it grew, it began as my accountant looking at me and saying, You have got to figure out something to do in the summer because all of your profits during the holidays and masters is going to keep this company alive. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, I, and I had to do something, and that was what I chose to do. It was a great community outreach program. Um, you know, honestly, it, it is, it's probably one of the more costly camps in the area. But for what the children get out of it, the, you know, the, the skills, the entrepreneurial skills that they also pick up. It's like a, a tiered, you know, the, the table, the kitchen table is where you learn a lot of life skills. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And the kitchen table has gone missing somewhere along the lines. So we've brought the kitchen table back to have those discussions, to teach a child how to talk in front of an adult and not be nervous in front of a group that they've never seen so those, those things are very important to me, and I wanted to keep doing that. Um, I had sent three of my recipes to co-packers mm-hmm. to see if potentially Vary Vera, Vera could still live on forever with a co-packer producing the products. Well, I was just not satisfied with the end result.
1: And a co-packer, that would be somebody else making it using your recipe.
0: Correct. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went and, and met with a... Um, a business person that specializes in analyzing, you know, where your best value is Mm -hmm. in in your company. And his suggestion was probably the most valuable thing I had was my mailing list because I'd never bought one. So this list that grew and grew and grew are all people that wanted what I was selling. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't that be valuable to somebody that was also in the mail order food business. Mm -hmm. So I I sold my mail order list um, to another mail order company. And then I decided to keep, close to the vest, all of these recipes that were part of that program. Anything that you could come into my store and purchase for a price. Not my catering recipes, but the things that that, that people knew me for. Your, that pound, they would, your pound cake. The pound cakes, the layer cakes, the casseroles. And we created the Very Vera cookbook. And so the, the recipe for that delicious pound cake, that customer already knows that cake they know know, that's their friend right you know and so when they open up that page and they see the recipe oh my gosh okay so now i can make it myself and she's a home ec teacher so i have explained it Mm -hmm. like nobody's business i mean for those people that are listening that love to bake i bet you've never whipped cream and butter for 20 minutes (laughs) to make a cake in your life?
2: Probably not. My and wife hasn't done that. That's why your
0: cake flops. <laughs> <laughs> but if you whip that cream and butter for 20 minutes, you're going to get that consistency. Mm-hmm. And nobody ever explains. They they'll say, "Whip it until it's creamy." Well, mm. what is that? What
1: does that mean? <laughs>
0: you know, I don't know what that means. Right. And tell me a little bit about what color it's supposed to look like after you've done that. You know, describe it. And and that's what we've done in the book. So that allowed me to then create something else. And, for, you know, who knows? Maybe one of my grandchildren will, you know, decide to put Granny V's cakes back on the map one day. I don't know. <laughs> Not if they're smart. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it just it has given me, and now I have the platform to sell the book. Right. You know, I've got the customers that miss it. I've got the audience that watches my show. You know, I've got the parents that are bringing their children to camp.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah. when, when did you release your first cookbook?
0: Um, April of 2018.
1: Wow, so and that is not that far away.
0: Right, so we just had our fourth print delivered last week. Congratulations. Thank you. How many
1: copies have you sold, do you know?
0: We are on our 20, we're in the 20,000 copies That's incredible, sold. congratulations.
1: I, and how many okay.
2: recipes are in that?
0: Um, 75
2: 75 recipes and are they the same from the 2018 or do you update it
0: no we it's those are like I said those are the original the staples staples that were part of the company
1: don't go anywhere we have plenty more to talk about with very Vera Stewart but first this is our time to plug something cool for you guys and this time it's going to be augusta rocks please check your instagram feeds this week because we will be releasing our tickets for the next Augusta Rocks concert, which is officially June 18th at Garden City Social. Just as last time, we will be raising money for the Salvation Army Center for Hope, and we will be live-streaming Augusta Rocks with Trainer Gray. And the presenting sponsor is going to be Nancy Powell at Powell & Associates. We've got Easily Amused, which is a new band opening for Timber Choir, which is ultimately opening for Coach, We are very, very excited about this lineup. You're going to get a lot of music from all of these bands. We're going to have an open bar. We really look forward to seeing you guys there. Tickets are going to be $50 with $90 tickets for a couple. And corporate sponsorships include lots of tickets for everyone in your company. Check all of this out as we update it at AugustaRocks.com. So now we've kind of seen this journey, right? We've seen the baskets turn into... Helping people throw parties, turn into catering, weddings, into cans. M- cans <laughs> and- <laughs> cans. turn into I cans, cans mail order, retail, wholesale, TV, cookbook. We've seen the whole thing. It's 2021. What is, what is the company doing? What is Very Vera doing now?
0: Well, Very Vera is in the middle of trying to get 20 more stations to take our show. That would be season 50 10. stations. That's my goal for season 10. So if you're out there and you know somebody that lives in another town that um, has a connection, because we do all of this ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't have a syndicated agent that's, that's making these introductions for us, which we think has had a lot to do with, with our success. We've never lost a market. So if the show was not performing, we would not be in that market anymore. Right. And and we're very proud of that. Um, I was in the catering business for 30 – I've been in the catering business for right. 37 years here in Augusta. I really don't do it anymore except for during the Masters Golf Tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've got all the recipes from that that are out there floating around so I really um, am in the beginning stages of Vera's occasions, which will be the other recipes that you used to love and how to present them. That's another cookbook? That's another cookbook wow. that I want to, to get out there and, and, and finish.
1: Do we have an anticipated date that we kind of want to have that like 2022?
0: It would be holiday 2022.
1: Okay. So, like a year and a half from now, Mm -hmm. we'll have you back in here to talk about to talk about all the
0: yummy things and maybe more treats. Yeah, maybe that that, original the the, the
2: OG pound cake.
0: (laughs) And um, you know, I I think for me, and when when I talk about the my passions, which Mm -hmm. hopefully you've picked up on, you know, my passion for what I do. The one thing that I didn't see coming that we've discussed today was I never dreamed that an accountant's, you know, suggestion of (laughs) go broke or create income in the summer that would that would have be a camp Mm -hmm. that these children would come and they would come every year until they were too old to come.
1: So let me ask you some questions about this camp. Uh, I'm glad you brought it back up. I'm a child. And and I'm gonna go to this camp. How old am I? You're six. I'm six years old. Wow. Or
0: up to the age of fourteen.
1: Up to fourteen, so eight year span. And
0: take me through. Is it a weekend camp? Take me through That's the experience. A week. Monday through Friday. Okay. You come at eight forty-five. If you're a six or seven, you leave at noon. Okay. Everybody else on their weeks, they leave at one. Okay. Um, like I said, you learn. You're gonna, depending on the level. Because they, you're different levels, pre-beginner, beginner, advanced beginner, intermediate, um, this sort of thing. and, and we, we stage it up, we, we, you learn particular things. It's kind of like social dance. Okay. you're gonna, if you took it now, you would be dancing to the same song mm-hmm. that your parents probably danced to when they took right. it, to learn those same steps. So there's nothing magical that's going to change about how to measure dry ingredients, how to measure liquid ingredients, knife skills, those sorts of things. But what I didn't see was that it was going to turn into an entrepreneurial experience for a child. Mm. What I didn't see was that our goal, our now mission statement in that camp, that's an internal mission statement that I will now officially say out out loud is – that we do it for six weeks. We have 32 children each week. If we can make a difference in 12 children's lives, and I'm talking about a remarkable difference, Mm -hmm. then we have made our goal. Forget teaching them how to cook. Forget whether or not they could successfully introduce themselves without getting really, really nervous. Mm -hmm. Um, Forget if they were the most popular kid or they got camper of the week that if we saw a spark that influenced them to come back the next year and the next year, and then by the time they're 14, they get their first job working for me. They're a junior counselor. And now as seniors in high school, one of them is running my entire cookbook division of my company. Wow. She comes after school. She handles all the Amazon orders. She handles all the ship station orders. Set your watch. She's never late. She never calls in sick. She writes all the correspondence. Okay, another one's running my camp this summer. She's a high school senior, went all the way through camp. And the third one is like our little office person runs the errands, she, you know, once a week she cleans the cottage, and all of them were not the you know, not the light in the room, necessarily. One of them is really. <laughs> personality plus the other two are very much to themselves but when you think about what's going on right now and when you think about people that maybe want to say something about well Augusta's not providing opportunities and Augusta's this and Augusta's that then you need to talk to me because Augusta is what you make it Augusta is what you make it and as business owners out there you can influence a young person there's got to be something in your workplace, that a child can do. If you could put a box together, you could come to work for me. And if you got really good at that, you might get graduated to inventory. Mm -hmm. And you would go pull all the cakes for all of these orders that are printed that are shipping out today. And the next thing you know, three years later, and you're coming back every holiday and working for me, you're a senior in high school, and you're directing what's going on the FedEx truck, What's being separated to the UPS truck? What's going into long-term storage? And you're watching this kid stand there doing what some adults can't do.
1: That's that entrepreneurialism.
0: And, oh, I mean, it. That's it, incredible. It is, and it, it is. It is. Uh, it's it my favorite thing that I do.
2: So, so when the TV's done, you're going to still be doing this camp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I can see it. Most
0: I mean, uh, and and it's the. The things, sometimes there'll be a student that we are thinking, oh, you know, there's going to there's be a problem here. Right. And the psychology that I teach these counselors about how we're going to ch- go in a different direction or we're going to try something different, we're going to do something new. And they have to go, I, you know, I don't want to talk to the parents. Mm-hmm. You know, if you wanna, if you want to be a junior counselor, then you're going to fill out the application. Don't have mom or dad call me. Right, You fill out the application. You set up the interview. And, the, you know, they just did this six weeks ago, the ones that are now 14 that can go through the process. Okay, And, you know, I didn't say, now your mom's not supposed to come to the door with you. I didn't say a word. <laughs> None of them's parents got out of the car because they knew it was a 15-minute interview. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the young man that had, I said, I'm, well, if you cut your hair, I like your haircut." Well, I got it cut for the interview. See, so that means that parent talked to that child Definitely. about what this means. Definitely, and he's fourteen.
1: That's incredible. You couldn't convince me to get a haircut at fourteen. <laughs> you know, and, and <laughs> it's longer I, I, than I don't your know. Hair. I, I just
0: I love I love that part. Yeah, I love that part.
1: So let's talk about you. You mentioned Augusta for a second there, and and I'm going to take you back to that. You grew a national. Debatably international, because I'm, I'm sure you've worked with international people before, business out of Augusta, and you've been here doing it for a while. How has your experience in the city affected the business? How has it affected you personally?
0: Well, first of all, I'm very, I'm very proud to be part of Augusta, Georgia. And, you know, for the longest time, and even when Bobby Flay challenged me, you know, my first thought when I saw him standing there was, I bet he's here to play the Augusta National. And somebody said, well, why are you here? Will you just, you know, do us the favor? Right. Help do this, this show Helping real quick. this poor girl out. <laughs> you know, she's she's trying to make something out of herself. <laughs> well, that, that had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, he got on a plane and left here when it was over. And, you know, I had um, a young person that worked for me um, you know, in high school, packaging cakes back in the day. And she went to do an internship in New York City when she was in college. And she's standing in a booth for this company that she worked for. And they said, well, I'm picking up on your accent. You know, where are you from? And she said, Augusta, Georgia. And she said, do you know very Vera? (laughs) (laughs) And she immediately called me. Because you would think they would say, that's where they play the Masters, right? And so for her, and then she was so excited that she could say, "Yes, I worked there in high school," and and it was so flattering to me, you know, that that, that would happen. And so I I feel like that Augusta has been extremely beneficial to me because we are hospitality here. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we are noted for that, and I take that very seriously. So when we do things, I want to bring that level of what we do. I mean, I've I've even told people before, you know, if we can't do it right, I may not be the right choice for you. Because if I'm on that property, people are going to think I did it. Right. Whether I did it or not, you know. And I've I've always taken that very seriously. But I, I do feel like that I've been able to be Proud, no matter where I go in representation of the show. I'll be in Tampa, Florida next week filming. And, you know, you're from Augusta. Oh, wow, it's, it's beautiful there. You know, I was there a few years ago, you know, for the Masters Golf Tournament. You hear those things. So it's 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 immediate conversation. Um, but you can, you can I, I've always been able to take it one step further, you know, and talk about, you know, the other things that, that we've been able to do Because of the opportunities. I mean, I am as good as an event planner as any event person that I ever had to work with over the last 37 years. And, I mean, some of them have taken me out. I mean, (laughs) I've gone in the bathroom and cried because the music didn't play the minute the person put their big toe on the the ground Mm -hmm. when the bus stopped in front of the mansion on Walton Way. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I might have missed it by one second. Right. But... They had an expectation and I missed it. And I can either get upset about that or I can decide that I'm gonna I'm gonna take every single instruction to heart. And so if I didn't live in Augusta, I wouldn't be working with people like that. So I have been mentored up one side and down the other by very successful event planners and um, you know, just liaisons to companies that handle all their hospitality and what their expectations are. And I mean, we just take notes and notes and notes on how to do that.
1: You must have some out of this world parties that you've been able to cater. Uh,
0: (laughs) I mean, just
1: can you share a couple of those experiences? Well,
0: you know, honestly, um, this just came up the other day because I was I was taking a client on the last day of the master's that wanted to look at some other possible scenarios for things in the, you know, the historic area of Augusta. And um, I was already out of retail when one of my best customers through the years, son, was going to get married, but they wanted to have the wedding at, at his parents' house. Well, it is a beautiful, beautiful property. And, and you know, I'll, I'll tell you, it was Jack Long and Paige Tucker, Wow. And it was by far the most fabulous thing that I have ever catered. It was a unique opportunity. It was seated every every course that we served then had two dances that oh. happened after each course. Wow. And the detail that went into it and the rehearsals that we I took my staff the day before and we rehearsed the process and how to do it and, and how the young people were so excited that they got to put on, you know, the tuck shirt and the bow tie and, and we did it right. And the, just a lovely family in terms of how we were all treated and how appreciative we were of the they were of the fact that we met their expectations. But to get to do something like that, I, I was just thrilled. It it still is my favorite thing that we ever did.
2: That's incredible.
1: I
0: love that.
2: Are we ready to tie the bow? I
0: think so.
1: I've been so
2: speechless. I mean, I'm I've been personally just, not. Like, I know. I, I, I've <laughs> just been... I, I could just sit here and listen to you talk all day about your journey. I could <laughs> ask questions all day, I
1: think, if we really want to. Do you to. have well, any I'll other I'll, questions? I I'll we're have good. to come
0: back another time. Please
1: good. come back. Yes. Because before we do that, I want to shout you out. Because while we were taking pictures during the break earlier... You mentioned that you're going to be on the cover of a magazine?
0: Not the cover. But there is um, the April issue of Southern Living Magazine. Which is out now. Is out now. It's their South's Best. It's a double issue, and it just tells you all the great places that you can go in the South. And they do a feature article every month called In Her Shoes. And it's usually somebody in their 30s um, (laughs) that's, you know, Got a lot going on as as an entrepreneur or a particular artist or um, lifestyle blogger or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. But they featured me this month. Wow, congratulations. And so I'm, I'm very honored and, and thrilled to have had that happen. And um, Betsy Cribb, who is the um, features editor for Southern Living, was just so genuine in her um articulation in the way that she wrote the article and just the interview with her was so wonderful. And at the end of the article, it says, you know, what do you think is your secret for your energy? And I said, well, some women dye their hair. I have a personal trainer.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So
0: that kind of keeps me, that keeps me strong and going.
1: <laughs> I love that. So, Are we good? Yeah, we're good. All right. And this is going to be the drop the disc question presented by Trainer Gray. In February, we
2: did a awesome event called the Augusta Rocks concert and it was live streamed by Trainer Gray. They did an incredible job. It was super easy to work with them and it was a flawless job. Y'all need to check them out if you'd like any kind of media done. Check them out at trainergray.com So we're going to tie the bow on this. Um, you heard you already talk about Augusta and how much that means to you, how much this city means to you, and it's, it's great to hear that from you. Um, I'm, I'm also sure that you've heard negative things about the city, unfortunately, and that's why we bring on our guests to talk good things, tell the story right of Augusta, Georgia, and uh, hence the name Drop the Dis. Um, we ask every guest on this show, what does that mean to you personally? You can answer this any way you would like. Um, if someone were to walk up to you and talk negatively about the city, how would you respond to them?
0: Well, it, it would be it would be very personal to me. I mean, as I said, I am very proud to say that I'm from Augusta, Georgia. And, you know, when you've been here as long as I have, which is 37 years, um, it, it, it is my hometown. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you forget where you grew up. You, you remember where you reside and what you've made your home. And I, I feel like our family and my company – um, have been a very solid part of the foundation of this city. Um, I think, just like anything else, if you don't like it, what you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're not willing to do something positive, then I just think if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. That's right. where the etiquette part of me comes <laughs> in. And I, I feel like we we all have to make more strides to just look around if you're... If you're riding up and down downtown Augusta and and something about it doesn't feel right, you know, I'm sure there's a suggestion box. (laughs) I'm I'm sure there's something that you could just throw out there as a suggestion. I mean, for those of us that are in business that really care about customer feedback, you know, we're going to put that feedback card. Or we're going to say, please let us know what you thought you're going to get those master's customers that I worked with this year to give Mm -hmm. me an honest evaluation. And if you're not willing to take part of that as truth, I mean, somebody just doesn't randomly come up with something crazy. It's like the lady that said, my strawberry cake was too sweet. Okay, lady, it was a cake. (laughs) But if we got a complaint, if we got a complaint on a cake... There was a cake from that batch still in my freezer until they were all sold. So that cake comes out of the freezer, it comes to room temperature, it gets sliced, and a piece of it lands on my desk, and then I eat it. Well, guess what? She was right. Mm. There was so much sugar in that cake, I couldn't even eat it. Mm. So her complaint allowed me to send a gift certificate to everybody that got one in that batch and to make her the lady that thought enough of us to let us know she was the customer of the day. And it, and it's those kinds, of, you know, and it, it's hard to it's do sometimes. Deal. It's a big deal. It, it's hard to do sometimes because you do get mad and you are frustrated. Um, but you know, sit on it for 25, four hours and see if you can come up with a solution first.
1: Love that. Love that. I want to ask one more question before we go. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of new restaurants that have opened up in Augusta, even in the last, like, five years. Do people reach out to you? Does Has anybody reached out to you about restaurants or, or, or food businesses that they've want to open? Uh, is that something that people do?
0: Um, I You know, I really haven't been asked that in, in quite a long time. Um I used to get asked more questions about the equipment, you know, what do you recommend, which convection oven right. should I buy and that sort of thing. You know, I'm not a chef.
1: I would ask you.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm I'm not a chef and, you know, certainly local chefs in our area are doing very, very well and um, I applaud them all. Um, it's, a, it's a hard business to be in. Yeah and i th- I think the ones that that maintain that passion you know maintain longevity with the staff that they have um it, it there there's a real gift to that um i, I d- that that's just not something that I'm asked to to do
2: what what's your favorite restaurant right now
0: or top three top um, three the the my my top three are gonna be my house. Of course. Where I live and with my husband.
2: Good answer. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Very. Okay. Veri. How can people find you?
0: Um at Very Vera Stewart. Um, at Vera Hospitality, um, Verivera dot com. Our little cottage, which is adorable now that they've finished widening Wheeler Road and my white picket fence is back. It is adorable. And our cute sign. Um, we don't, you know, we, we have regular business hours, but we're not, uh, we don't, we don't sell anything out of our, our building, but I certainly hope you'll follow me and, um, you know, keep in touch with what's going on.
1: Very Vera Stewart, the head of the Very Vera brand. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time.
0: Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. Will you sign us out? Absolutely. And remember what I always say on The Very Vera Show, no matter what you do, do it in good taste.
1: And thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Drop the Disc podcast recorded right here at Augusta Podcast Studio. Remember, if you like the show, the best thing that you can do is to just tell a friend. But also, go ahead and like us uh, on our social medias, at Drop the Disc Podcast. Go ahead and subscribe to the show if you have not already. And leave us a rating or review, which helps our ranking to grow. We'll see you guys next week with the owners of Stay Social Room in Evans. And now here's Chris with Around Augusta. Hey guys, this is Chris with Around
2: Augusta. For those of you that don't know, Around Augusta is my little fun segment to talk about things going on in the city that might not be on the news yet. I've got three things to talk about today. First of all, the existing building at 1285 Broad Street is set for demolition and a four story 55,000 square foot mixed use building will replace it. Super cool. Number two, the hotel planned for 1140 Broad Street is going. Is called Embassy Suites. And finally, the Millhouse Station opens this summer. It's two four-story, 155 units buildings at 636 11th Street. This is going to be incredible. It, it's next door to Daniel, um, to Davidson, excuse me, and it, it just looks beautiful. I'm super excited to see this happening in Augusta, especially with the pandemic. Um, And I hope you enjoyed this segment of Around Augusta with Chris and looking forward to next week's episode.